Hello colleagues and welcome to the new episode of The Quest for Excellence brought to you by Intellectus Consulting. My guest for today is one of those industry professionals who is a trained medic, doctor by qualification and also an MBA from one of the Ivy League B schools of the country. This unique combination of being a medical professional and a master's in business administration has placed him in a position where he is able to get a deep insight, not only into the business, but also into the commercial aspects of the business in terms of driving excellence. My guest for today is Dr. Somna Detta, who is the Associate Director for Commercial Excellence for Johnson & Johnson Pharma Business, that is Janssen India. Dr. Somnath is an MD in Clinical Pharmacology from the Maulana Azad Medical College and an MBA from the Indian School of Business, Hyderabad. Post his MBA, he joined Bristol-Myers Squibb, India, where he had a very successful stint in launching original novel proprietary products in the therapy areas of diabetes and cardiovascular through strategic alliances with both AstraZeneca and Pfizer. Dr. Somnath spearheaded the launch of the diabetes brands Onglyza and Combiglyze, which was a joint partnership with AstraZeneca and subsequently also spearheaded the launch of Eliquis, that is Epixaban of Pfizer uh, for the cardiovascular franchise. After a successful stint of four years with BMS, Dr. Datta moved to IQVIA, which is the global leader in sales audit and consulting practices for the life sciences industry, where he was a practice leader advising clients and business leaders on various aspects of the pharmaceutical business. After a successful stint with IQVIA, he then joined Janssen in a commercial PNL role as the head of the immunology business, which is essentially the biologics business. The biologics business of Janssen had been underperforming for almost four years before Dr. Datta joined the organization and very quickly in a span of a year and a half turned around the business and made it one of the fastest growing and most profitable businesses of the organization. With this PNL role experience, Dr. Datta took over increased responsibility in terms of running the commercial excellence side of the business, which now includes digital marketing, Salesforce excellence, data analytics, and marketing effectiveness. He's primarily responsible for new digital initiatives of Janssen through omnichannel marketing, HCP engagement programs online, and driving data-driven decisions through data analytics. He is extremely passionate about data-driven analytics and driving excellence in business decisions. It is our privilege to have Dr. Somnath 
be our guest for this episode. And I'm sure a lot of pharmaceutical marketeers will stand to benefit a great deal. So without wasting much of time, I now would like to invite Dr. Somnath to join our session. So thanks, uh, Dr. Somnath, for uh, joining our uh, you know series of the Quest for Excellence, um, and uh, you know we're really delighted to have you on uh, as as a part of this series because uh, it's only appropriate that you know uh, you as one of the successful business leaders of our industry uh, share your perspectives around what it takes to achieve high standards of excellence around you know domains like marketing excellence or commercial excellence, which are probably the areas, functional areas that you have been closely working with, you know, in not only in your present organization, but also in your uh, last organization of BMS. Um, so um, as I had outlined in my mail as well, uh, Somnath, is that our only endeavor through this uh, whole series is to raise the standards of marketing excellence uh, and make it a kind of a learning platform for the young upcoming marketeers. You know, uh, and one of the ways that we can help them is to learn from those who have been a part of that uh, journey of success, right? I mean, who have seen challenges, who have overcome those challenges and who have had to really, you know, um, you know, strive for success. And what better way than to learn from people who have kind of been there, done that, as I said. So um, I thought it was appropriate to invite you to also be a part of this series because you are bringing a rich understanding around not just strategic marketing, but also in your current role of commercial excellence, where we will be spending some time. So, so thank welcome. You. To I think, thank you, Shailesh. Uh, <laughs> thank you for inviting. It's, it's uh, always a pleasure to uh, talk to you as well as to get a it give give an honest conversation with the marketing folks. I think that honest conversation is somewhere missing. And I, I do uh, intend to keep it as honest as possible so that uh, the marketing, anybody from marketing or in sales who wants to move into marketing gets right. a real feel of what works, what doesn't work. My own experience of, uh, of being in, this, uh, in, in the pharma industry for more than a decade now. So happy to be here. Thank you so much. So uh, let's dive straight into the conversation, uh, Dr. Somnath. And uh, as I mentioned, you're one of those few industry professionals who has that rare combination of being a medical doctor by qualification, right? And an MBA from uh, one of the most premier Ivy League B schools in the country. So uh, very curious to know, uh, you had a gamut of options, right? And pharma industry was probably one of them, but it's always nice to know what prompted you to take up life sciences or pharma industry as a calling <laughs> in terms of your <laughs> <a clear> choice. <laughs> And it would be nice for me to know because I've never asked you this question ever in the past. So, um, so I, I was a very good student in the medical school. So let me also uh, tell you that uh, there were a lot of really good options. And uh, so I, I would imagine that during my internship, I, was, uh, I realized that I have little more different skills. Uh, I used to do good in my, my studies and all, but I had some other skills as well. I had organization skills. I was part of the students' union for four years. I was probably the only person who uh, was in the union, and as well as I was the top ten list of the students in the medical school. So, so I realized that I should not uh, spend my time seeing seeing one patient at a time. 
so during my internship this kind of stuck to me that looking at one patient at a time was very very inefficient <laughs> i know uh, it's it's how things are but i felt that i can do more and that's where i during my internship i thought i'll move to the pharma industry um i can probably tell you and there are many marketing uh, people as well so who don't join the industry as a calling they just come in because or oh, nothing else let's join the pharma industry or let's join the fmcg and that itself creates a big barrier for them for long term success so because i was very kind of uh, very strong headed and i realized that okay i'll join pharma industry and then i'll figure out what to do and and again uh, the mba part was totally not planned so i was thinking of going into clinical research so i did my md in pharma even though i could get a md medicine or a pediatrics or ophthalmology whatever you you name it very good rank in the md but i chose to do pharma because i wanted to get into pharma industry again a choice because i wanted to get into pharma industry the easiest way was clinical research while i was doing clinical research uh, i was interviewed by a very big company which doesn't exist now in delhi <laughs> so and that that company said hey you need to do clinical trials the same thing that you're doing hey i already doing this uh, for the last three years and no you have to do it again so i again realized it's inefficient so then happened during mbi is that the business is lot more exciting uh, the rubber meets the road experience is what i would really uh, i really uh, be interested in and that's how i moved to pharma industry but in the marketing side and didn't stay in in the in the in the, in the clinical research side. yeah right so uh one thing is obviously uh, at a very uh, early age uh, two things stand out what you have just mentioned one is your leadership skills that is you not only know the priorities of yours in terms of your academic excellence but also balancing the priorities of the students union versus the <laughs> you know the educational institutions priorities so you need to balance out both but what's interesting is you were very clear and sorted out in your mind that you wanted to pursue clinical research and so you signed up for md in clinical pharmacology but along the way you know you realized that you probably would do better off in better roles like commercial sales and marketing role and you again changed track which again demonstrates a great degree of flexibility in your thinking probably because that's seen even in your roles that you take the choice of roles that you took up later in your career right would that be fair to say that someone i have a slightly different view and maybe that's uh, how i am wired so i look at my work as a entertainment and i know it sounds very odd but you know you get bored if you stay at home and that's why we all go to office so if you think of your work as entertainment then you would have the right mindset not get uh, bogged down by the day to day problems that you face the day to day politics the day to day uh there are many things right so we all know and we have been yeah. through that yes. but look at it as entertainment and the moment you look at it as entertainment then you have the whole plethora of things that you can do right <laughs> so you can do marketing you can do sales you can do clinical research so as long as you think that okay i'll be here and contribute and also enjoy myself i think that is the right way to think of your long term 30 35 years of work that is left in front of most of the marketing guys i think that would really help <laughs> amazing i think that's an amazing kind of a mindset to have that is to you know look at work as an entertainment contribute learn and have fun at the same time very well said i think this is a very important point uh, as a take home for our audience right so let's come to your uh, 
the first stint you had with one of the world's most respected innovator driven companies like Bristol Myers Squibb, right? And and when I see the kind of role that you perform, you were straight away pitchforked into, you know, launching two very big uh, products, original research products, uh, you know, which were in, in a strategic alliance role with uh, AstraZeneca, right? But one was Onglyza and the other was Combiglyce for the management of type 2 diabetes. And followed by an even, you know, equally important uh, launch in the cardiovascular area through Eliquis and uh, Epixaban of Pfizer. So I, I would like to essentially, you know, uh, understand and for the benefit of our audience around a couple of areas, uh, Dr. Somnath. One is, uh, could you help us understand for our audience, what was the kind of launch preparedness work that went into making these launches so successful, you know, uh, uh, after they, these products uh, hit the market? So if you could share some of the marketing preparedness work that the team did and you spearheaded, and, you know, what are the key, key uh, learnings that, people should learn when you handle such, you know, innovator product, proprietary product launches, if you could share some of your. Sure. Um, so I, I was incredibly lucky. I would say that very, very lucky uh, from ISP, BMS actually hired four of us. I was, I was hired uh, instantly in the marketing team of diabetes. Uh, it was uh, my, my greatest learning experience. You know, you, you come with a lot of theory, a lot of knowledge base because you are a medic, right? So you can come and kind of give a huge, long discussion about a product, but then how do you market it? So I think it was a great learning experience. Uh, a new launch, I would probably say, I was a product manager then, okay? So I was basically carrying boxes. Let me be very, very honest with you. So I, I developed very good, excellent project management skills because, you know, it's uh, very important in the initial years that you have that excellent project management. I'll come to that again later. But the preparation was like, like a key for any success in innovator brand. So you, you, I mean, the amount of preparation we took for on Glyzer launch or even later for Eliquis. Eliquis, I, I was like T minus 18. We started the work. Uh, science, you need the science. You need the marketing. You need project management. You need collaboration. So it is kind of everything has to fit perfectly for a good launch. Uh, and you rightly mentioned, Shailesh, uh, Onglyza, Combiglyza, Forsiga, and uh, Eliquis put together is almost, uh, I think, $15 billion globally. So these are very good launches, uh, and I was part of them. So it clearly got, got me into a, a mindset of understanding the preparation part very, very well, understanding the market, HCP journey, patient journey, forecasting it properly, the regional teams, what are other countries doing? So you are not basically... Uh, re, uh, I mean, kind of uh, reinventing the wheel again and again, right? So all of that has to come together. I would say that uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I would highly encourage uh, everybody, if you get a new launch experience, just jump and take it. I mean, it doesn't matter which brand, but if you get an innovative brand launch experience, I think nothing like it. Um, yeah, Sarish. Yeah. So... Um... You stressed upon a couple of aspects in, in what you said that is probably the fundamentals, right, as a product manager. One is project management skills, which I think stays with us as one of the key skill set areas, you know, even when you become the head of marketing or even in commercial ed roles, because you're doing multiple things affecting project outcomes, project timelines, etc., multitasking. So I think 
project management skills very often people fail to understand that that is also a part of the job to be very honest right and i think the second thing what you said is getting into the basics like patient journey forecasting building out all that stuff is very very important um one question dr somnath is being global brands obviously everything would come from the headquarters right the positioning toolkit the global brand promotion kit etc so uh, very often it is felt that indian affiliate managers or any particular country manager product managers or the marketing managers would not have much to say although i don't say that is true because you also need to customize the kind of communication to your hcp audience in the relevant country was that kind of work also done for these four brands uh, in your time in your stint so here is the thing uh, yes the region obviously has a lot more interest to make sure that the brand does well in your country obviously so they are very very hands on now you can take it again the entertainment mindset if you have then you can you, it's a great learning as well right those guys have been in hundreds of countries so you can learn from them that's the first one the second one if you have enough information about your market if you have enough confidence that uh, your market is slightly different Uh, i have not met a regional marketing head who doesn't want to listen to you and change their tack just to make sure that your your india launch becomes uh, becomes successful so no regional head i have ever met has refused me if i have given them enough data enough understanding of the market to change their marketing game and we have done it for eliquis uh, we did not have the global visual aid for india we actually had a very different india specific uh, visual aid uh, it took us a lot of time to convince but if you are convinced uh, i don't think the region is is a, is some and i'm sure you have also experienced that uh, people are more than happy and willing to accept your point if you have uh, a background and you know the why are you doing this yeah? absolutely absolutely no that's a very good point i think if you have a compelling case to make to your region or headquarters they are always very supportive of that and and they see merit in it they would go or you know extend any arm or lend to support you on that it's it's a very valid point yes. uh, dr somna i had a very a slightly different question this is for benefit of our brand managers from indian pharma companies of course the multinational companies understand what it takes to work in that environment you know which is more more predictable and a, good environment indian organizations are now having tie ups with multinationals in terms of licensed products like say for the dpp4 or the sglt2 as you know so uh, managing alliances becomes very important dr somnath right i mean so you were the interface from bms and you had to do that so i have my early learnings many many years ago was obviously you don't bring your personalities into the game because otherwise it gets into the human aspect of egos etc and you want the alliance to win and not the you know and the brand to win any tips or any a piece small piece of advice to those brand managers handling this very important brands which are in strategic alliance formats you know so that what should they always be wary of when you are you know dealing with this is just some tips so because these are learnings Because it can come yeah, in the sure, way of success, sure. you know. Yeah, it can. No, absolutely, absolutely. So I'll be honest again. So uh, now, now when I see the alliances, they are very well cut out. So there is a different brand name. Uh, it's a very hands-off approach from the MNC. Uh, they don't have the shared sales reps model. 
they don't have a shared marketing math model uh, it's completely separated and i i didn't i was not lucky right so i had a very very messy alliance i had a duplicate team some people going to cardiologists other people will go to orthopedic surgeons messy uh, if you ask me alliance management gives you high visibility the i think the highest visibility you can ever get if you are in in an alliance um I had a chance to go to the Pfizer headquarters in New York. I had a chance to sit in a dinner table with the number two at that time, BMS, and she was interested to know what is happening in the alliance from the from the lowest level of marketing. So you know the the kind of visibility is very high, but to get something done in this kind of a messy alliance, um, see x amount of work requires y amount of effort, right? But in an alliance, it will take like three four times that effort to get the same work done. so i personally now like the way most of the alliances work they have divided it you take a different brand name you sell it i just give you into your distributor you are just like uh, a separate brand and whatever you sell it kind of uh, keeps us away from the whole effort duplication and i i personally feel that is that is great uh, i would i would imagine that the difference in culture comes in the way as you mentioned Uh, AstraZeneca had a very different culture. BMS again, very different culture. Right. Uh, and Pfizer was totally different. Oh, and sure. Pfizer had Pfizer had uh, even bigger problem. The India Pfizer culture was very different from the global yeah. Pfizer culture. So they had their own uh, challenges, and then we got in. Uh, right. uh, I mean, if you like pay me pay me more, I'll probably still say I'll I'll skip this whole alliance thing unless you have a very structured alliances. for marketing i think there are a few things which are important uh, alliances teach you better communication it teaches you how to get alignment done yeah and alignments are crucial to make any alliance success so my my view is that once you are slightly experienced marketing person get into alliance uh, i i got into white junior so i was thrown in the deep side of the pool imagine sitting in a leadership team meeting where kewal handa pfizer ceo and bms country had both sitting together and i have to present and i was just one year old uh, difficult i'll say it's, it was difficult but i was thrown that inside of pool i enjoyed it uh, alignments happened thankfully <laughs> we progressed but of course the effort put in was way more and they say that you can't learn swimming unless you're thrown in the deep side of the pool right so it it was actually a very steep learning curve for you which actually was good in a way so that's true i think the point that you're making that today's form of alliances management in terms of clear demarcation of different brand names no no shared resources separate sales forces separate go to market strategy makes it all the more you know simple and easy rather than what it was earlier so i think what you have said in the first 15 20 minutes of our interaction uh, dr somnath is project management skills alliance management skills are higher evolved skills that brand managers must certainly keep working on other than the functional skills that we always have come to know you know in terms of strategizing skills execution skills but i think this is something which is i can, i can take this as a message that you know project management and alliance management skills are also equally very important you know uh, and that's something which is good yeah oh, yeah so now let's let's get on to the next part of your uh, journey and Uh, you're doing well. You decide to join IQBR, which is the global leader in you know sales, uh, retailing, auditing, etc. 
what makes you to move again? Is it the thrill of the challenge and the and the fact that you wanted to do something different? Was that the reason? So, and that's and this is a very interesting question. Most of us work in the industry without looking at the other side, which is the other side of the table is the, the services side. So you have agencies with you with whom the marketing teams work. But if you ask a brand manager, would you like to join an agency? They will say, no, I don't want to join the agency. Uh, and, and similarly, probably nobody wants to join a vendor side, right? So that's, uh, so I, I decided to join because of uh, mainly two things. One, <clears throat> you get a 50,000 feet view of the entire industry. So, which I didn't get, even with alliances, I could see a few cultural, but it was kind of 5,000, 10,000 feet view, uh, but never got a 50,000 feet view. So that's very, very important to understand what, how does a company think? Because if you, if you think of your company as a living animal, each animal is different. The Sanofi is very different from GSK. How would you know that sitting in BMS? You will never get to know that, right? Right. So you have to actually work with the Sanofi team and the GSK team to understand how are they different. And then you have the, the sharp players like Boehringer, Ingelheim, uh, MSD. Uh, so they are, they are completely different from the large Sanofis and GSK. So how do you know these animals? So that's first. The second one I thought I, I probably that was foresight. I, I don't know, luck, foresight, whatever you call it. I just realized that and I was a medical doctor. I had my friends in ISP were all like hardcore data centric tech, tech geeks, nerds. And I struggled there. I realized that they were right. I can't uh, kind of uh, hide from data too long. So I said, okay, let me again jump on the deep side of the pool, understand data the way probably an expert would do. And uh, one, of, one of the my very good decisions uh, just to understand the data, I had to learn SQL. Now, I don't think you will meet any doctor who probably knows about SQL. Uh, I had to go and give insights to a brand manager who has probably been in the same, looking at the brand for five years. Now you go as external and have to give you give that person insight. So your preparation has to be of that level. I remember uh, Intas. Yeah. So I used to look after Ahmedabad and Bombay around 60, 60 companies. I had to go to Intas and I had 350 slides to take to the four business units of Nero in Intas. And these guys are seasoned. They are number two in the entire India, right after Sun. Sun and Intas together control 70% of the market. So you, you can imagine like you are thrown in front of 60 strong sales and marketing team who are coming and listening to you because, oh, you are IQVA, you'll tell us new things. But the amount of preparation that goes in to just give that insights is, is very, very uh, enriching for me. So I think IQVA was, was an excellent decision. I would highly encourage again uh, to all the brand managers that if you get a data-centric job, consulting, market research, uh, data analytics like IQVA, uh, it would really, really change your view about the entire industry. Right. This again gives me a couple of lead pointers, Dr. Somnath. Uh, you know, and that I, I would like to hear your views on the subsequent question that is follows this uh, point that you have made. One is that quantitative number crunching or data crunching or analytics piece 
is very important part of a brand manager's job, right? And I think that is the universal truth because I think most of the brand managers would find it probably not just difficult, but also try to avoid the quantitative number crunching because it doesn't come, it's not something which is very easily likable as much as the, the soft piece of the piece, like developing communication or doing some real jazz stuff, right? So that is something that I want to touch upon is how do brand managers really develop those skills? And second important piece, as you just mentioned is, insights. Now, insights is obviously very important for a brand manager to understand. And you said that, you know, a guy who's handled his brand for five years still, you know, uh, is not probably aware as much about his brand as much as you. So the question is, uh, today's brand managers, what do you find is working and what is probably they need more handholding in terms of building marketing capabilities uh, in today's context, where do you do you see gaps or do you see that they require handholding? Because it's a natural corollary of, you know, having seen from the outside in perspective. Yeah. So most of the marketing folks, including me, let me uh, let me include myself there. We we find the entire advertising world really snazzy, jazzy, whatever you call it. So we all join because oh, this whole advertising. But then advertising is very different from marketing. Unless you come into our product manager role, you carry the boxes and go to different uh, conferences and, and set up booths. You really don't understand, oh, marketing is not that that jazzy as, as advertising, right? Pharma marketing, even more restrictive because you don't have any kind of a direct to the consumer channel, at least in India. So I would say that, um, and this is, uh, Something that uh, I, I personally feel, it may, it may differ from people to people, but what I feel is the marketing, as I mentioned, the bottom layer is all execution excellence, project management skills. If you can't get things done, uh, you can't go to the next levels, right? So I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, I had to present strategic slide decks to the leadership team and I had to also make sure that the, let's say, some vendor had to send a trophy and I had to make sure at the same time. So these are two different work, but you need to juggle these, make sure that your project management execution is perfect. So your ideas have no meaning unless they are executed well. So that becomes the first layer. The second layer is what you mentioned about the entire uh, strategic thinking analytical mindset, analytical agility as, as we call it. Yeah. And, and then also now important is the user experience. You're not selling a brand anymore. You're selling an entire service around it. How is the user experience? So while it's, it's nice, it's nice to think that, oh, I am marketing, but then if you don't get into the depth of analytics, you will probably miss out on the, the, the strategic ways of, of making inroads for your brand. And uh, now it's uh, almost like if everything has data, right? Almost every everything you, you touch has data. So now, for example, we do social media insights now, right? So we are looking on the Google search to find out what are the patients searching for our brand, for our disease. Can we, and now that you have the data as a marketing, you can't sit on it, right? Similarly, uh, if you if you think of, uh, let's say, even IQVIA, they have this subnational audit now. So within the city, you have pin code level data. Now, if you have data of the other sales versus Antheria sales, 
now you have to look at it you have to make sure that you use it in some way um, so i i think if you don't understand analytics it's great time to build those capabilities uh, i would highly recommend that if you are worried about excel uh, jump right in get your basic excels ready download a excel sheet from iqvia data set database or avax database uh, and start working on it i think that's very very important uh, the more you work with the data the more interesting insights you'll get the more interesting insights you'll get your strategic mindset will start de getting developed the last piece the last piece of course is the whole communication right you have to negotiate you have to tell good stories to your sales team because they are going to finally sell it uh, you have to have team building you have to have leadership so those are later i think the first piece is execution then you develop a strategic mindset which has inbuilt analytics mindset and analytical agility then you think of the whole leadership part storytelling communication negotiation argue you have to put your point across to your lt right whom with whom you don't agree and they are your probably bosses boss right but you have to also be polite and disagree with them how do you do that it comes later but you have to probably do that to become a marketing head at some point absolutely very beautifully put uh, dr somnar i think it's very aptly put so the at the piece of analytical agility you can't afford now any more to ignore the data analytics piece because you have data which is sitting in various parts of the organization and you mentioned pin code level data is available so what are you are you even looking for it you can only act on it if you're looking for it so you, you what your message is please start looking for it in the first place then act on it and then you can because insights will build in a great deal of uh, you know analytical rigor and that's what you're talking about this is this is really helpful for you know the new generation marketers because this is something that and this is the skill set i think you will agree for the evolving future which is already you know taking shape as we move into the digital era uh, you know thanks to whatever the pandemic has uh, forced upon us right let's get to your uh, the main piece of our also another part of our discussion today is your wonderful uh, stint which you've been having uh, a great ride with janson johnson and johnson pharma business in india right um, you have seen the you've already seen one high end of the business in terms of diabetes and cardiovascular and now you're seeing the other part of the business when you started out in terms of the biologics piece um it is easy to launch a brand and and make it successful but it is equally very challenging to turn around an underperforming business and when you walked into janson from iqvia you had you know the immunology part of the business which is a very big business for janson i'm very i'm aware because of, you know prior experience with micade and products and to turn around businesses is less one challenge i mean it's not very easy but you did it after 4 years so again we would like to know what are some steps that you took with your marketing folks and colleagues to actually make this transformation happen you know for the organization in terms of marketing you know that would be sure. great sure so i think uh, just before that uh, before i get into the yansen part uh, another important feedback and maybe a lesson that i learned uh, during my first 5 years is that if if you whatever work you do i mean once you cross the first 2 3 years that that work then takes you places if your right. work is great people would call you and ask you to join a certain company certain role and that's something which is very very important for every marketing person to know that 
the work that you're doing is not just for today. It's it's basically building your future connect. Your future jobs depend on today's work. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's a very good point. Your work speaks for itself. Anyway. Yeah. So so that's how I joined Janssen, and uh, and also uh, innovative portfolio. Uh, is difficult to sell, and I I know most people think, hey, it's no competition. How big? It's not a big deal. But uh, imagine selling a drug which is costing several lakh rupees to a patient. It's not easy. Uh, poor reimburse, poor reimbursement, expensive, few prescribers. None of the companies want to increase the market share or the pie, right? So it's a very uh, fixed. Uh, pie mindset that every every company wants the same hundred doctors, right? So, and you have been there, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And probably, Salish, even if you come now, it's the exact same immunologist or the immunologist who you will hear about, right? right? No new guys are there. Uh, how do you turn around a business like this? Um, so, and that's again the the work that I did in the consulting side of IQA, working with the consult team. Uh, you look at a business. Very dispassionately, the moment you get in, uh, because you are new, uh, it it gives provides you that whole third party view. So it, it 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 was clear to me that a lot of territory realignment is required. Yeah, uh, you need to make sure that the right person is in the right place. So team changes, uh, rethinking on the brand strategy. We launched a drug, uh, and our sales still dipped. Now that's very very painful, right? As external person, uh, you you probably would skip it. But then, when you are into the system and you realize that hey, we launched a brand, and still we are degrowing. How can it that be possible? So rethinking on the basics of the brand strategy, uh, and the last part, of course, is the reimbursement strategy. So it's not easy to sell a, a expensive therapy. You have to have a separate out-of-pocket strategy and a separate reimbursement strategy. So that's something which is very very important. Uh, i think we did all of this uh, and we did all of this together which was very very difficult and for a for a team which was set and they're all functioning in the same way i i came uh, came as a very unwelcome change i guess because you you know new guy wants to change everything together but i think uh, the team really appreciated after they started seeing the change so the first year that i was complete full year we grew by 16% our brand that was really not doing too well new launch brand we grew by almost 46% small base but then you need to start with somewhere so i think uh, a big learning for everyone never join a brand which is doing well always join when the chips are down because whatever you do right you you'll be able to show some progress right so turn around is great great place to join because whatever you do you know even if you make small changes suddenly things start looking yeah. good and i i know don't tell anyone else if you are hearing this just keep it to yourself uh, turn around a fledgling brand which is which has a lot of potential so so I, i i always tell these two things join when the chips are down and join in those places where there is high management interest so don't join a fledgling brand where there is no management interest then you will not do, you can't do anything but if you are in a place so the brand is not doing well and management has a lot of interest it's a sure short way of success <laughs> brilliant 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 again yeah so join when the chips are down and where and join a place where the organizational interest is i know that's great and i think some of the operational variables that you touched upon somnath is 
very true because without which you can't effect uh, cause an impact right like affecting the territory changes man manpower uh, reallocation territory alignment maybe relooking at the strategy at a local level going out there putting an arm and limb in terms of doing the pricing reimbursement access model which actually drives these high super specialty expensive brands and i think i think that's the the whole thing that you so beautifully captured excellent and so you see that the business turn around and you you know could able to demonstrate that's very nice so that gets you now to a phase where you are looked upon now with good or obviously marketing fundamentals your ability to turn around business from a pnl standpoint and now you get into the more evolved support role or a function again i'm sure you took up by choices to cause high impact at an organizational level through your role as a commercial excellence head right and it's very interesting and i want to spend the next part of our discussion is you look after some of the most hotbed topics of our pharma industry in the last 5 years i mean everyone talks about commercial excellence digital marketing salesforce analytics etc how has the journey been in yansen pharma so far i mean you've just started but any anything that you would like to share it's i know it must be very exciting but what are the building blocks and how you have gone about doing just to just get an understanding yeah so uh, again uh it was uh, something which i had never done before okay so let me be very honest and uh, and commercial excellence is almost like everything else comes under you uh, anything other than commercial will come under commercial excellence so if you ask even within yansen yansen china japan korea taiwan australia india we all call ourselves commercial excellence but everybody has a different definition definition right so, so our definition on a commercial excellence is salesforce effectiveness and lnd when i started right. now after 2 years we call ourselves customer engagement insights analytics learning and development and digital <laughs> so it's very different the way we have organized ourselves now the building block i think uh, the one thing which is uh, i call it as uh, essential and i think i mentioned in a linkedin uh, uh, kind of post a few days back was uh, it's good to think of insights but you can't get insights unless you have the data in the right way in the right place organized in the right way yeah? so that's that's something which i learned in iqvia uh, that if the data is not organized in the right way you can spend your 100 days and you'll get probably one insight but if you can get the data in the right way and that's what we did for the first 9 months now imagine a new country had joining yans in india he puts all his chips on me that hey you run the commercial excellence and for 9 months i'm telling him you know i'm still working on cleaning the data right <laughs> right absolutely no just one second yeah sure yeah let me know yeah i can hear you. Yeah, so, so, so imagine, imagine the plight of the entire leadership team who's thinking, "What is this guy doing?" But for nine months, after nine months, so the first nine months, I started hiring people for insights. So the first nine months, I was just cleaning data. I had data automation experts, data engineers. Uh, the entire company was saying, "Why don't you take data scientists? You know, that's the most cool thing now. AI, ML." And I said, "No, I need clean data." 
and they written in one place. So imagine now we have the HR data, learning data, IMS data, sales data, uh, you name it, everything is in one place, all connected. I can now tell uh, the leadership team that a particular sales rep who is skipping his learning modules is also skipping meeting doctors. Through that extent, I can understand the correlation, right? So it opens up a very different view of my sales team's engagement. I can quickly understand where, which are the levers that we can kind of uh, push or, or pull and drive sales. So I think that's important to set it before you think of doing all of this. It's only in the last six months that we are now doing AIML work because we have done the entire data in one place. We have put an insights team, which is getting those right insights. Now we are thinking, okay, now I want to give that insight at the rep level for each doctor, which I can't do with my small insights team. That is where we are building the IML. And I can tell you, our models are much better now. Uh, I can also tell you that other countries and other my other colleagues in the industry have tried data science first approach, but with unclean data, it doesn't work. It just doesn't run. So it, it clearly makes a lot of sense to have the data first and then build on it. The second part, of course, is uh, with with the insights engine in the middle, it helps everyone in the entire company. So I do HR analytics, I do people analytics and HR analytics. I do learning and development analytics. I do obviously IQVIA and the whole Salesforce analytics. I do Salesforce effectiveness analytics. So, so there is one insights analytics engine. I do supply chain. So clearly if you have one place, one single team which can do all kinds of insighting, it really, really helps everyone come across. So now uh, everyone in the company would, would not start a presentation in the leadership team without showing data. <laughs> because you know, if you don't, we are going to show. <laughs> so it's better that you show. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's so beautifully put by you. Actually, this is what you put it very simple, right? The first thing as the first take home message is you need to have the data, the right set of data, the clean data, all organized in one place in the manner which is most efficient and effective, as you rightly said, because that's the first starting step. So you can't build out, you know, without having this fundamental thing in place. And then once you build that out and it takes time, right? As you said, nine months, but then that propels you into the next quick phase of, you know, running the analytics piece on that data across various functions, right? Whether it's the HR piece, the Salesforce piece, the Salesforce effectiveness or the marketing analytics piece by keeping that central engine at the core. So that because it is then it's like a platform that is, you know, lending itself to the various uh, outputs. And that is giving meaningful kind of decision points for you to take on the business. I think this is very important uh, because, and, and the beauty is that you never knew about it, but I think commonsensical approach probably uh, has helped you to go in the right uh, logical step. So, um, so, but, uh, so not one thing I, uh, when I talk to industry leaders at not just commercial excellence heads, but also, you know, business leads. I mean, because at the end of the day, you, you have that much only bandwidth to impact the business as a support function, right? But the real guys who bring in those dollars and the revenues are those BU heads and directors, etc. So to get their alignment to the fact that data analytics is important because it will help them manage their business better. 
have you seen any challenges or once you are able to demonstrate the proof of concept they quickly get aligned to you because this is something which also needs to get addressed right so i thought if you can spend yeah, some time yeah. i think uh, so the most important part which many commercial experts folks miss and i'm say even marketing misses is is to sell their stuff better internally yeah it's it's very important to sell your whatever you're doing internally very well for your career forget about anything else if you can't sell your work better it's very difficult to survive and and thrive so i would say uh, thankfully i had a business side experience before i joined commercial excellence so i knew exactly what were the problems of other businesses and the other business said heads would also confide to me that hey you know the problems right why don't you solve them so i aligned my team to have the customer mindset and and that's something which every marketing person every commercial anyone anyone in the industry should know who the customers are so my customers is the sales rep so i told everyone that forget about everything your customer is the sales rep and the sales manager first so we had a sales rep sales managers uh, first approach and then it obviously rolled up to every level right so then the buheads would get everything rolled up then the 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 the, the vps would get that then the country would get that so that was the first thing that you know who your customer is now many times the marketing thinks my customer is my boss which is an absolutely wrong approach your your boss will be happy for some time but then when the once the feedback starts coming in from the bottom that hey we are not getting anything <laughs> you probably lose out a lot of your uh, reputation so the first thing i i would mention is that pick up the low hanging fruits whether it's marketing or it's sales commercial excellence doesn't matter pick up the low hanging fruits i would i would say one very very low hanging fruit uh, for yansen was i know it will sound very odd but just adding and deleting a doctor from your crm was a pain so it would take more than a month to add a doctor or delete a doctor imagine 30 days plus to add because approval because approval levels yeah approval and approval yeah you know that right so so the the indian company guys would probably won't understand this but it's an internal joke yeah. the approvals will kill you if you do <laughs> so now so now uh, what what do you do you have seen it from your own side as a business said so we change the system we made sure that the reps can add the doctor from a global search button and it goes to the manager for approval and no one else it just stops there no approval from commercial excellence head no approval from bu head because the sales rep and the manager know it best absolutely so i first thing i did was to clear out the processes i remember when i joined i had to approve like 20 approved approved emails just approved because and you had to approve because hey the business said sales everybody is approved who are you to say no so i said i am not going to do this approval business so i had i did change the process clean the processes things automatically improved people realize that hey i took i take like a less than a day to add or delete a new doctor similarly you do this for every single process the moment the process improve the business it will back you i i i can't uh, i mean i'll probably not tell you the actual numbers but team doubled my budget doubled uh And and something that I'm very proud of, the business it would come and say, "Hey, we have some money. You have an interesting project, which is so different from what 
uh, I probably imagine two three years back. And you I have to go and beg for money. Exactly. <laughs> Please give us some money. I have exactly. no cost center. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So and you drive value, right? So for example, um, a very interesting thing: the country head or, a, or the VPs of the company love dashboards, right? And obviously, you have to give dashboards. So we, our team, insights plus dashboard, dashboard, dashboard. So we made humongous amount of dashboards, and then we realized that hey, the managers also have a dashboard which they don't look. <laughs> right? They don't look at it. They are very defensive about the dashboard. Uh, it's a one once a month affair where the managers are defensive. The franchise said, hey. I'm looking at this. This is not right. This is not right. And they are, you know, no, no, we are doing all of this. So it's a difficult conversation. Now that is where we have started building AI, right? So how can we give them a next best action today, rather than make them wait for the month-end dashboard discussion, right? Now many of the sales managers don't like dashboards. They like Excel. They are very comfortable with Excel sheets, and I know I'm sure you also know a lot of people, seasoned Excel. sales reps, sales managers, they love Excel and they're good at Excel. And they're good at Excel. How yes. can I how can I deny them an Excel sheet? So now our our strategy for this year, give them Excel sheets, give them nice dashboards with the raw data and Excel sheet. Let them play with it, rather than dragging them to a dashboard which they don't like. <laughs> right. So. So I, I would imagine that think of the customer, and many of your choices become much clearer if you know your customer. Right. No, that's again very beautifully put, uh, Dr. Somnath. Very uh, practical, grounded stuff that you are making so much of ample sense to me and to our viewers. That do the right thing, be simple, and you know just do what the customer wants or is able to identify with. Right. Because as a marketer, you and I know we used to talk about customers, speak the language the customer understands. But when it's your internal customer, give him the tool that he wants to identify himself with. And Excel is the best analytical tool to a large extent, even so. I totally Absolutely. agree with you. I totally agree with and you. And maybe just one last thought that it also helps you say no to a lot of things. Absolutely. For example, the marketing team is slightly obviously better, bit more data savvy than the sales team. But I'm happily saying no to the marketing because, hey, my customer is a sales rep and the manager. You are supposed to do a lot of things yourself. Correct. They're happy to help you. But if we are going to teach you how to fish, not give you the fish, I'm right. probably going to give that fish to the sales manager, sales reps, who can then immediately work on the field right. and then get things done. Correct. It also helps you say no to a lot of things, a lot of requests that comes in and make sure that you are doing what will help you at the, at the ground level. Very, very nicely and very beautifully put, Dr. Sumo. This is this is real helpful messaging for our reviewers because they now realize, you know, how to go about their roles uh, in a more effective manner. I'll probably also give you another example. That's marketing. Yeah. I have never heard a marketing team member putting learning and development of the sales reps high on their agenda. I'm yet to meet someone. And yet, whatever huge pipe of marketing campaigns they build all go through the sales reps. The sales reps. And yet they don't really spend time to think, okay, how should I train them better? What is the best way of energizing them with our brand? Especially in Indian companies where the where the sales rep is probably selling 10 different products for 10 different sales, uh, sorry, marketing um, or sales uh, or product managers, right? So if you don't think of learning and development and think of the sales reps as your customer, 
you're not going to reach your end consumer or the hcps yeah absolutely no and what strikes me dr somna what you just said of that he is not putting that lnd development this should actually get escalated automatically about what you said a few minutes ago where your analytics engine showed up that the reps who were not doing the lnd assignments or exercises were actually not making calls on customers so maybe the obvious uh, insight is that the lack or fear of lack of product knowledge and the high science knowledge for selling that brand would be probably preventing him from making those calls so the brand manager needs to understand that at large level probably invest more time in training and equipping him with the standard knowledge and skills yeah so it you you need to get to those kind of correlations you know and that can absolutely. only happen when analytics absolutely. engines throw up that no this absolutely. is absolutely so i'll give is, you another another very good example of how our biases are and this is important because you raised at a very interesting point if you ask a sales manager who is your most knowledgeable sales rep he will point the finger towards the sales rep who has the highest sales figures Absolutely. always it's always we asked it in different forms and every time we got the same answer how do you change that mindset so as a lnd head we have a test every quarter where all the sales reps sit and do that test online now the moment you do a online test you figure out that many of the seasoned sales reps are not that knowledgeable hard to digest but once you have data you you can't refute that you can go so you can actually we showed a divergence of the rating that the managers gives and the actual knowledge scores and that's a big ticket item for the marketing to work on absolutely i am not surprised somnath i am not surprised i've seen this because you are blinded by that sales number revenue generating piece yeah. so much that everything else is pardoned so you know he's he's rated yeah. he's rated the best because he has knowledge so he's bringing in the sales it could be because of yeah. i think this is a beautiful so everybody thing. knows it but then you have to get the data on the table absolutely absolutely very very well put uh, dr somnath very well put i think this is a very interesting piece of the conversation in terms of the kind of value creation you're doing for your internal stakeholders essentially your sales people your business heads and you know driving the organization towards a data driven decision process right because then when you do this data driven process the outcomes will certainly be better than what they were yesterday i think this is this is what all marketers need to understand and imbibe great i think we are almost uh, out of time dr somnath and i wouldn't want to you know uh, extend it because i respect your time it's been fantastic talking to you because i think some of the learnings that you shared with us right from the beginning and i was looking forward to this and it that's why i wanted you to be a part of this series is project management skills you know alliance management skills you've spoken about you know taking risk by jumping at the deep end of the pool for marketers you know being very clear about how you want to get sorted out then doing the right stuff in a simple fabricated way and you know so that in a way that everybody understands it i think some of those learnings are going to be you know invaluable for our audience before we sign off dr somnath any last messages or any words of whatever gathered wisdom because wisdom in any form through experience or learning is always most valuable i would you know request you or ask you to share with us yeah any of you i think uh, it's a uh, uh, and maybe i want to warn everyone i think that's something that i want to give everybody that the entire industry is changing Uh, and it's changing very fast and i can tell you that uh, in the last 10 years experience what i've seen in 2010 versus what i see now there's a sea change and the change is coming very very fast 
I know I know it sounds very uh, it might depress a lot of people, but I think many of the marketing team members would get redundant if they don't change their ways. Uh, you have a lot of channels now. Uh, if you keep ignoring those channels, uh, you are going to get nowhere. Yeah. Uh, the doctors, even you, I think we are consuming our content in very different ways now. We get convinced in different ways. And if if you still think that my old ways will continue to give me dividends, it would not. If you are a lazy marketeer, you probably join a large brand and stay there forever because it's a set business. But if you are not, if you are unlucky, <laughs> then then you really need to figure out how do you engage your SCPs in a meaningful way. Uh, how do you uh, how do you really make sure that your content is consumed in the right way. You can sway opinions in that in in a way which is in the new age things are happening, right? So those are those are very very important. Whether you call it as digital marketing, whether you call it analytics, but things are changing super fast. So I have this fear that many of the marketing team members that I see right now across industry might just get redundant in the next ten years. And and if you don't, let's let's not change. If you don't change the ways. So, my 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 uh, sincere request is keep experimenting. Don't say no to new ways because you never know what is going to where the world is going to go. So, if you have to keep your eyes ears open, keep experimenting with different channels, keep using different engagement models, and then something would would probably stick on, and it will not be what you are doing right now. Yeah. Very, 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 very great points, uh, Dr. Somnath. This is, I think, it's spot on in terms of your closing messages. Thank you so much for those closing messages because the, because it, uh, we are moving into a very different kind of, a, uh, you know, business world, uh, and we are forced to. I mean, there is no yes. option. And redundancy is a big threat, which is true, and uh, we will bring it up upon ourselves if we are not going to move with the times and you know reskill ourselves, upskill ourselves, both reskilling, upskilling. And also, as you said, unlearning a lot of things which are actually, you know, detracting value from the whole business processes and you know from value creation. So I think you have put it very, very beautifully. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure in conversation with you. And I am extremely delighted to have you on uh, our uh, call, you know, on our uh, show today. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to again interact. I hope it helps people who listen in. Uh, I know it's it's long one hour conversation, but if if people are still there, I think yes. they should get some of the messages very clear, and hopefully it will help them in their career. Absolutely, Dr. Somnath, and I just want to leave you with a thought that YouTube analytics now shows that actually raw, unedited versions of you know interactions have got higher pull rate than actually the edited ones of 20 minutes. So wow. this is something that I know. So most of the guys are actually watching more than one hour with riveted attention because it is a raw conversation that you are having. It's not the so, one. So thank you so much, doctor. Thank you. And thank you. Wonderful interacting. Let's stay safe and stay in touch and have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time, sir. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.